All right. Welcome, welcome. Tales from the Secret Cabin. It's great to have everybody here. My name is Phil. And uh, I, here's a question. I don't even know. What, what number episode is this? Do I was we, just going to say, wouldn't okay. it be fun to us to have like, this is part. Am I supposed to know that? I don't know. Are we know. supposed to know that? I don't know. No. And we want to guess? <laughs> I'd say many? 11. 11? 11. I was going to go with 12. Off the top of my head, 11. Okay. But. All right. Mm, I'll go one up and say 13. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> find out when this gets published. We'll find out if we're correct or not. But uh, again, great to have everybody here. Excited for today. Uh, who all is here with us? Jenny's here. What's up, Jenny? Hi. I'm here again. And I'm always here, I think. Uh, <laughs> I this is like we're always here. Technically, it's all, you have yes, to. It's, it's your cabin. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? We're I'm, gonna, I'm I, tempted I, I, for us to have a podcast that I am not actually a part of. Katie's in his house, but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom. It's not a bad idea. Well, all right. Yeah, cool. Well, very fun. And we have a special guest here today. Yay. And I am Bruce, and I get to hang out with these people a lot. Actually, thinking about coming here, I realized uh, these are my friends. These are my colleagues. Uh, we have worked together for a lot of years. I mean, 17 years with two of them, and oh. four, Jenny, 14, 15. 15 years. I was just trying That's to great. think. And so, yeah, so I'm a husband, I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a person. You're and, Bruce. And I'm Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, they were, they were guys were calling me Grandpa Bruce. That Grandpa is Bruce. my that is my title these days. Grampy, actually. Grampy. Oh, fine. Well, thanks. I'm gonna start calling you Grampy. Please don't. No, really? Sorry. Don't. It's already done. Done and done. Grampy. Too late. Yeah, we're well, really glad that you're with us. Um, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And, I'm looking uh, forward to it. Yeah, so many places, again, just to get to know you and kind of your story and different things. Uh, this is fun because we're all kind of, not all of us, but some of us are sitting in different chairs. So I'm already seeing the cabin in a very different light. But what is what is your story real quick with the cabin? I don't think this is your first time here. No, this is actually my third time here. Okay. Uh, after KJ put it together, uh, he walked me in here very briefly, and I forget when that was, probably about a year and a half or so ago. And then I did I did something in here when we were uh, doing pastor-type things uh, during COVID lockdown. I did mine in here. Okay. So this is my third time in this okay. space. Awesome space. When you When you think of those experiences, what comes to mind with this place for you? You know, this just feels like home. Uh, I think I said this to KJ the last time I was in here, which is a little over a year ago. Um, there's a cottage in Connecticut that's been my family for years, and you identify with smells, and I, KJ and I have had a little dialogue about that space, and it's kind of where my roots are. It's the only geographical place in the entire country that's been the same my whole life, and there's a smell that's attached to that that feels like home when I walk in there. And so even though this is just my third time here, uh, this f- smells like home. Okay, so you got to describe the smell, though. What are you smelling right now? Well, I smell wood. I just smell comfort. It smells kind of old. It smells new. It just just a mixture okay. of smells that feel comforting. Yeah. Wow, I love that. I like, that was so good for my soul to hear that. It's like affirming me somehow. Yeah. Like, I am the secret cabin that smells good. <laughs> I'm going to start so, smelling you, KJ. Yeah. See if you smell that way. How do I smell? You smell old. You can smell, you smell like, like burnt wood, too. Like, yeah, a little burnt wood. Yeah. yeah. We have a fire. There was a, there's a fireplace in the cottage in Connecticut now that wasn't there. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my cousins did some remodeling and some expansion and put a fireplace in. And yeah, so just the smell of wood. And I went in there a couple of years ago for the first time, gosh, in about seven years. And just the minute I walk in, I knew what smell I was going to anticipate and it just smelled like home. 
Very cool. Well, you know, we've, like you've mentioned, we all have known each other for so long and share so many stories and memories and different things. Um, but maybe for those of you or those people listening that don't know much about you, uh, obviously just some of those things you mentioned that this is who you are, but unpack that just a little bit. Like what, when you say you're a father or a grandpa, like, like what are you experiencing these days that just highlight those moments for you? Well, I'm in a really unique situation in life. I'm in a season. We're all in different seasons. We're all on a journey and, you know, embracing the moment, embracing the season um, is um, something each of us has to do. Um, we're empty nesters. Uh, my wife, Patty, I turned 60 this year, so I'll just throw that out there. Okay, I'm the old guy in the room. And uh, I turned 60 this year, or 2020, and uh, we're empty nesters. We have two kids. Our son is 28, and uh, he has been married to Sarah for a few years now. I think it's going to be, to my math right, eight years. And uh, they have two kids. Our grandson, Nolan, uh, just turned three, and our grandson, Peter, is nine weeks. And so... Uh, that's one of our kids and his family. And then our daughter, Emma, is uh, 21. She's living in Loveland, but she's moving back to Glenwood Springs. And my wife, Patty, and I have been married for 31 years. And so we're just navigating this season of life as empty nesters. Um, you know, it's been a really wild journey. We've been here for going on 17 years. So this is the longest place we've lived. Uh, my life had a rhythm of about five, six years there for a lot of years. As a matter of fact, I jokingly said if the year ended in a four or a nine, there was a major change involved. We moved here in 04. So when we uh, hit 09 and there was no major change in our life, you know, we felt like we had accomplished, accomplished something. And my wife is a principal out here in Loveland. And uh, so we're both involved in jobs that we love and we love working with the people we work at with. Um, so life feels really good. It feels really centered and just you know, what does it look like for me to embrace life during this unique season? Very nice. What, what is it like? Um, cause obviously, you know, you mentioned that you, you might be, uh, you might've experienced a little bit more life than most of us in this room. So when you think <laughs> that is a great way to put it, <laughs> a very full experience compared to some, but what, what is it like parenting at this point in your life? Empty nesting. I mean, I long for that day um, <laughs> on multiple fronts, but you know, I have a perception of what that is. What do you like about being a parent and being empty nesters at the same time? You know, let me let me respond to the first question first. I I love my kids. My my kids are. Well, I would hope so, Bruce. <laughs> they I don't are. think there's totally anyone at home saying, "Man, I don't know if he. How does he feel about his kids?" So I hope he begins there. Yeah, there, there have been there have been times my two kids have been like nitro and glycerin, there you go, there you go. but no, and I good. think they're beyond that point at this point. You're starting to relove them. After I'm starting the to relove years. them and relove parenting them. That's but, the Bruce I love. Yeah, right there. There we go. But my kids are six and a half years apart. You know, 28, right. 21, and so it's like having two only children. My two kids are opposite personalities: introvert, extrovert. Um, my son is, uh, married with kids. My daughter is single. Um, and so there's a unique dynamic there, but what I love parenting, uh, at this, what I love about parenting at this season is just the ability to speak into their lives in ways that connect with them, um, in very intentional ways. I, I we, we text back and forth 
my kids on a regular basis. Uh, my son this week asked me to refer him to an electrician because he just bought, he's buying an electric car and he needs to get a station put in his house. My daughter is moving back to Glenwood Springs and was asking me to refer moving companies and was a little frustrated with some getting out of her lease stuff. And dad, how do I think about this? And my son will ask me, how do I think about this life decision? And how would you approach this? And you know, what I, what I often say is for my son, it's amazing how much I learned uh, between the time my son graduated high school and when he got out of the army, uh, or when he got into the army, which he did right out of high school. Um, during high school, he would have called me uh, cheap. He would have called me a tightwad. <laughs> he would have called me stingy. Um, the thing I always said to my son is, you know, my initials are not ATM. Um, and so I, I said that constantly. And so I came across. But uh, when all of a sudden he had to start making financial decisions for his life, it's amazing. I all of a sudden became financially wise and prudent and really good with money. Uh, whereas, you know, a few years previous, that wouldn't have been the case. And so I just love being able to engage with them and help them navigate the, the adult world uh, and to learn from experiences I've made over the years. So, yeah. Get to start having conversations with them. Yeah. Like adult conversations. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I, when I said earlier, I love my kids. Probably what I should have said is I like my kids. Mm. Um, we were all together on Easter and we were sitting on the uh, deck and we were just all hanging out. And it was the first time we had really been all together for quite a while that I can think of, certainly since our youngest grandson was born. And uh, my daughter-in-law just leaned back in the chair and said, this is the life. This is just such a great thing. And I just reflected on that after the words came out of her mouth, saying, I really like my family. I like my kids. You know, I don't always agree with their decisions, but, you know, I, I like who they are and who they're becoming, and they're navigating adulthood in very different ways and going down very different paths. Hmm. That's cool. Wonderful. Uh, what, what about uh, being a grandfather? How, how has that changed you? What's that experience like? I'm, I'm just fascinated to know that journey for you. You know, I, I recently asked a question in, in some group setting and put it in writing for a number of groups to interact with. And it's, if you had the gift of time travel, would you like to go back in time to meet your ancestors or would you like to go forward in time to meet your descendants? And what it's caused me to think about a lot is this whole issue of legacy. And it kind of clicked in when my first grandson was born uh, three years ago. And uh, I have a picture of that in my office. And we ha I have the identical one at home. And I just remember looking into his eyes and say, you're going to see into the future and continue the legacy of our family um, in ways that I am just eager to see, and obviously he's going to outlive me, and you're going to embrace things beyond me that I can't even fathom at this time. And the exact same thing clicked in when my youngest grandson, Peter, was born back in February, day after Valentine's Day, is what I love about is what does it look like for me to invest in their lives? And I joke that they, my oldest grandson calls me Grampy, but to really connect. And so do and, I from this point yeah, on. So does KJ from here on so out. Things you should never say in the presence of KJ. They come back to haunt you. Um, but I, but seriously, it's, it's like, what are they going to need from me in order from life experience and just being physically present in their life that will enhance them, um, 
you know, again, at this point in life, I've been reflecting a lot on where I've been and what God has for me. And I think it's just being open what it looks like to engage with these two little guys and to support my son and being the dad you know, God wants them to be. And and we're fortunate. They live not far away. They live in Johnstown, so about a 20, 25-minute drive. So we can see them on the drop of a hat. Yeah. Man, Bruce, I feel inspired and convicted by that question question that you asked about. Um, So if I had a time machine, am I going to go back to see my descendants or go, go ahead and see the people who come after? And I mean, like, I think I would be afraid to go into the future. Mm. That's that was it was like so I would hinge on going going on the past. And I was like, what, what is it about? I mean, and, and yeah. can I ask a question? You know, yes, what is Bruce, it? You have permission to ask right, a question. I'm just I'm just looking at Phil taking yeah. my cues. I'm the guest. Don't want to commandeer the show. <laughs> yes. But but I'm really curious because you know again I'm, I am thinking future, and I mean I'm yeah. not being morbid, but I realize at this point the majority of my life is behind me. Right. And, you know, and so I'm thinking a lot about the future, realizing a lot of it, I am not physically going to be present on this earth to experience. But what is it when you say, gosh, I fear the future? What is it about the future no, that causes some fear? No, I don't fear the future. It's just I hadn't, I, I don't think I've turned that corner yet. I've been in the, how do I honor the people in the past? How do I continue to be a part of the story? And I hadn't turned the corner to be thinking, how do I pass the story on? Like, how do I take the ownership for the thing that I, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I see a very tangible, a tangible thing that I haven't engaged that I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so valuable because I think I keep pointing towards the past and going back there. Mm. I have not been pointing towards the future at all. So thank you. Well, and I, and I know you, I mean, I, I know how old each of you are and I'm not going to disclose that here, but honestly, (laughs) I would hope not, honestly, (laughs) but I will say, I do know what milestone birthday you had this past year. 11. He turned 13. 13. But, but really when you turn that corner, I turned 40. Okay. You said it. I didn't. No, that's not a big deal, but you know, I love 40. I love 40. I was born to be 40, I think. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm finally the age it. I belong. Yes. Yeah, that's how I but, feel. But, I mean, all kidding aside, when you yeah. cross that birthday, yeah. I mean, research, and I'm not want to talk research, really yes, shows you do. That's all that, you do. That's, that's when you start. I mean, that is the time when the transition, because right. you're kind of in between. And it's like, yeah. gosh, you know, I've got a lot of years ahead of me, but I also have a lot of years behind me. Absolutely. And what does it look like to leverage that and to embrace that moment to think about how can I honor the past, but how could I pave the way towards the future in a way that I'm going to look back when I'm as old as Bruce is and feel good about, gosh, what did I do during my 40s and my 50s that I can consider really substantial and of significance? Uh, All right, so here's here's the place that I go and it's coming from a, a spot of just this overarching, like this st- st- stereotype. It's a st- stereotype that, that the older people get, the more they talk about the past oh. compared to the more they focus on the things that are to come and to pass down. Mm-hmm. It's the older people, they tend to talk about their past quite a lot. So 
Tell me something about that. That is really interesting. You know, and again, I realize that I have more past than I have future. Okay. So a lot of it can be, I find myself reflecting back on experiences that I've had over the years through the lens of where I am now. Right. And yeah, I mean, I have stories and I could tell I have a lot of stories I could tell that come out of my past, but I don't want to be one of those who is anchored to them in a way that doesn't keep me from being present and current and able to make a unique contribution, what I often call my highest and best contribution right here, right now and moving forward. So I'd like to call out of my life and the stories and the experiences in the past and the relationships, those things that have benefited me and enriched me and caused me to become a fundamentally different person, Um, good, bad, ugly, painful, Um, And I have stories related to all of those that hopefully I am engaging with. And I do find myself reflecting on a lot, but I just don't want to live there in a sense of, oh, that was a nice experience. But why did God let that happen? You know, what does that relationship do to my soul today Um, that I might be able to pass it on? And again, I'm I'm in this unique place. I'm thinking a lot about legacy. I'm thinking a lot about how can I help other people to thrive and to be successful and maybe learn from some things that I did, not in an egotistical sense, like I'm the God's gift to the world, right. but how can I invest in other people's lives? Uh, all right. And, so, and we're just trying to get breakfast in our kids these days. Yeah, like, and if I get them it. off to school, I am a, <laughs> <We won. laughs> a superhero. <laughs> Here's the place that I go. And again, like bringing the podcast b- b- back to our idea of the season and it's the Easter season and uh, and following this we have Pentecost and the Pentecost season happens in the second chapter of the book of Acts um, and typically uh, people in the church point back to Acts chapter 2 and say here's the place the ch- church has to get back to we need to get back we need to get back we need to get back very similar to the the, the older people who could be pointing forward, but are pointing back and going back to a very primitive place that the church had been. I mean, this was the church's first experience of the Holy Spirit, the church's first experience of the gospel, their first everything, and they don't even know how to engage any of it. And our experiences today as people has been a couple centuries that the Holy Spirit has been by our side. However, people point back to the day they, yeah, yeah. Maybe a couple millennium. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, Phil. Um, (laughs) It's like century. Wait, doing the math. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I was thinking centuries. We could go a little farther. Um, So um, there's this idea though, that to point back to Acts chapter two is saying that's the place the church needs to be. It's assuming that God hasn't been present the past 200, mm. 200 years. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about the upcoming Pentecost season, the current season of the 40 days of how, how should, or how could you and I begin to dream about the things ahead 
that possibly God hasn't ever done before, possibly hasn't ever been done or thought of in the church before compared to pointing back and saying, hey, here's how something happened. Here's how it happened. And always pointing back and trying to bring people back. Can, can I make a comment about that? Because, you know, you pointed back to the, to the book of Acts. You're an Old Testament guy. So I'm going to point back even farther. Do it. And, you know, if you look at the stories of the Old Testament, we have the Stones of Remembrance, yep. right? And we are the people of God in the Old Testament were constantly told, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And I don't believe it was to the purpose that they had to go back and recreate the experience and the scenario and the context in which the event took place in which they put the stones together or in which they were told, don't forget about this. But I think it's the principles. I think it's the life lessons. I think it's the experiences that become transcendent, Mm -hmm. that pass through time and embrace culture, regardless of what that culture is. We have to embrace culture with, with great passion. And I believe we have to have our head in the game in terms of understanding what that culture is. But we have to have our head in the game and realizing God is constantly doing a new thing. And God is fundamentally not going to change his character. And the things that I have learned about God, I want to build my future upon because he's let me learn those things. And so I think... Yes, I need to not look back, but I don't want to forget the God who has proven himself to me consistently over the years so that as I navigate the future and the future of the church, the future of relationships, the future of being a a Christ follower in today's culture, I don't do it void of the experiences that God by his providence has allowed me to have so that I go into the future blind just like I walked into some of these experiences blind. So let me let me just I just wanted to jump in and Verbally, say that. that yeah, you should preach. I mean have you ever thought of <laughs> This is not a sermon, yeah. But spin that spin that question towards your grandson or your grandsons. Oh. Like what so I because I, I do I, I really can see it and I know obviously some of your story, I don't know your whole story, but you have a fascinating life in in Lots of heartache, lots of amazing places. When you say things like the way that God has brought you through something, the way that God has revealed himself, you have these incredible personal moments where that's happened. But I can imagine when you get to the point of creating a legacy for your grandkids, you're not thinking about how do I just pull stuff from the back of the past and and bring it back to the future. You're saying, I don't want to go back there. I don't want them to experience what I've experienced. And so you're, you're creating a new future as a result of that. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Or, or how does that even look to, to KJ's question? Like, how do you stop and say, because you are looking for this legacy and say, these are the things I want to bring from the past. And these are the things I want to kill never to bring into the future. Yeah. Wow. Um, if we were impressed for time, I'd say, give me a few minutes to think about that. But, you know, my, my three-year-old grandson is just becoming verbal, you know, so I'm not able to have a lot of conversations but, but I imagine at times, you know, when I have the opportunity to talk to him on more of a, a conversational level, you know, the lessons I've learned, and, and you referred a couple of them regarding grief. I mean, the loss of parents, the loss of people very close to me um, through some very tragic means. I mean, my, my mom took her life. She jumped off a cliff. Um, you know, that's my grandson's great-grandmother. Um, you know, my father died when I was at the age of four, uh, my birth father. And then I had family step into my life in an adoptive sense, and they have since passed. And so a lot of grief, and I, I, I grieve the fact that my grandsons and any other kids, grandkids don't, won't know them. So I want to tell some stories because I barely remember my own 
birth father. And I have to hang on to stories that other people tell me about him and my mom. I was a teenager when she passed. And so I want to have that story, but I want to be able to talk about the lessons I've learned related to grief, uh, related to trauma in my life. Um, I grew up in the New York City area, um, grew up in a family where emotions were not necessarily welcome. Um, I want to be able to affirm my grandson's emotions and who God has created them to be. And I sought to do that with my own kids. And I knew I screwed up a lot. And I've had to ask forgiveness for a lot of things. But I want to be able to pass on that they can be who God has made them to be. And I want to celebrate that and let them have access to my soul as well as the lineage of which they're a part, even though they're stepping into it at a different point in time. I got to bring in some poetry here because it seems that like the thing that you are saying is the sense of home um Mm -hmm. it's old it's new it's organic it's like it's comforting this space personifies my life what can i say (laughs) that's how it feels though and and i just wanted to call that well and it's really interesting you make that statement and before i know jenny wants to say something because I want to tie it into what I said yeah. about this reminding me of this cottage in Connecticut that's been a, the only geographic place in the entire world that that's has been a constant in my life. Yeah. I've, I've brought my, my family back there. I wanted to have my three-year-old, he was a year and a half at the time, experience that, but that was important. But the, the whole idea of home and being centered, mm-hmm. what does that mean when I can't geographically go back to a place? And so it's really interesting you make that connection, finding my home in the presence of God. Mm. I, I'm just very inspired and intrigued by you talking about like the stories, because I think there's a, there's a really big piece to that. Um, you know, after somebody is gone, we are a little morbid today, but that's okay. Um, but after they're gone, you can't ask those questions. You can't, you can, you know, we, we talk in our house about somebody who has passed and well, my, my daughters will ask a question about her, you know, it's like, oh, we don't know. And we don't have access to know. It's just, it's now we will never know. And so I think it's really important. And I feel very inspired too to tell stories as small as they are, or as, you know, tiny or funny or whatever. My girls will ask a lot of questions like, tell us a story about you and your sister growing up, you know, because they're sisters and they think they're real funny. Whereas a lot of times I'm like, ugh, I don't have the brain capacity to go back and think of something right now. But like really taking that time, even now as a mom and not waiting until I'm a grandmother, you know, and start to sit and think about my own legacy, but think about it now so that those stories are so ingrained in them that they have them to tell as well. I also have to say, I think every episode has had a story of someone dying in it. Probably. So, that's I mean, true. That's, that's, that's kind true. of been a common thing. <laughs> oh, we talk about f- f- food and someone dying. Um, those are the, the things of value things. to us. We need more food. Wow. <laughs> so, don't feel bad. I feel right, at home already. That's good. So, okay, I've got the uh, question kind of forming. And it, again, it may not be a fair question. He's but pregnant. <laughs> Pregnant with a question. I'm pregnant with a question. Pregnant, <laughs> Phil. Thank you for clarifying Always. that. Because uh, that was a good disclaimer. So, Bruce, I'm going to have you start because I think you've got the most uh, runway on this one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we may see if other people can answer it. But here's a question. 
What is one thing that if you were to think about your grandkids, this is for all of us, okay. think about your grandkids that you would hope, wish, long for them to experience that you can do today that'll start building that future? And again, Bruce, you might have thought of this intentionally a little bit more than we have, but. Yeah, I, I want my grandsons to experience the nearness of God's presence within the context of their family. And I, I think that family from the book of Deuteronomy on, you know, really plays a huge part in our spiritual development. And I haven't always been the best example of that. And I, like I said, I've had to apologize to my kids, and I realize that I've probably done things in both of their lives that have wounded them that they have to unpack that I don't want them to pass on. And I've had to have those conversations with my kids. But what I want to do is I want to make sure that, and I'm going to take it back a step, that I'm current with both of my adult kids so that they aren't carrying any baggage from growing up in the home where I was the father that they are then going to pass on to the next generation. So I think probably the best thing I could do for my grandsons is to have a relationship with my son current that has allowed him to be freed from and have an access to me to really work through things that are important to him to work through so that he could pass on a whole baton. It's like we, we're, we're, we're handed a baton from our past and we pass it on to the next generation. I want my son to have a baton that's whole to pass on to my grandsons. And I think that right now that's probably the greatest gift because he's going to be the highest influence in their lives. Ugh. I want a whole baton, Bruce. <laughs> Can someone please give me a baton? Because I, I've been handed a very, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest, I, I, I yeah. love my family and I'm not indicting my living relatives and yeah. anyone who might listen to this, I'm not thinking of you. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, some of you might, I don't know. I might not tell so you I'm good. doing this. But, um, you know, I've been handed a baton that has a lot of nicks and breaks and it's had to be glued and it's fallen apart yeah, over the years. Yeah, but so has almost everyone. But, but have. Everyone here, ha and, and they're in that, like, oh my gosh, that would be such a gift to have a whole baton. Well, and th the odds are that isn't going to be passed to right. us, but the opportunity, and it's, it's that whole thing of like going back to the past, or, or are you focusing on the future? If I'm going back to the past saying, give me a whole baton, no, that's not going to happen. I, no, I can't do that. Right. And, and what I'm saying is, uh, the baton I've been handed, I've been handed. Right. And that's true of that's every it. one of us, right? Yeah. But when it's in my hand, what am I doing with it? Right. So that as I hand it off to the future, that I'm handing it off in better condition than yeah. when I received it. It's time to get in a time machine, Bruce. And what can I do? What can I do to do that Yeah, and do it well? I, I, I think it's it's that idea that takes that idea of going going into the future. And before, it brought me like fear. Like, oh my gosh, like, yikes. <laughs> Who am I? creating to this idea of i am so excited because i i truly have the opportunity to pass things on that are incredible mm. yeah. thank you that, that was, was awesome Bruce. that was good i i worry will my kids even accept the baton <laughs> <laughs> no mom you can keep no, that one you can keep it. <laughs> it's all sweaty can it skip a generation <laughs> yeah. please just throw it to my great-grandchildren right oh. That was solid. That was good. I, 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 I think um, 
in in the place that I am today to answer that question, it would be the great gift and the power it is to simply tell the truth. Um, just, just, just blatantly telling the truth of, of how, how I feel or something that happened or my hopes, my dreams, my fears, the, it's just telling the truth be, uh, beyond the cultural expectations of things, uh, to be able to say I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed or I'm hurt or, um, and, and first I have to tell the truth to my own heart before I tell the truth truth to others. And so, so I think the place that I am today is the power of telling the truth. If I could pass that on. That's powerful. But that you're right. It, the hardest the hardest thing in the world is telling the truth to ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Jenny and I are staring at each other I, down. I know. Who's going? <laughs> Who's going? going? I'll jump. Eenie, meenie, miny, Jenny. Uh, well, first I would invest in Disney much more, nice. much more. Definitely leave that That's legacy. That's a good little legacy right there. Okay, it's good. <laughs> You're a little late to that game. I hope you know that. I'm a late to what? To the Disney game. I'm late to it? Jenny, she's a no, Disney no, 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 girl. I'm if you're actually investing in it, oh, we are. Oh, we are. Okay, we're all I, I in. I, I okay. said I would invest more. More. Good point. More, okay. Yeah. okay. More in oh, Disney. Very, yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, but I think for me, it's my. What feels like a never-ending climb. Oh, I hope you we were saying it was more like the never-ending never ending story. story. No, no, no. KJ is singing. Wow. I do every podcast. We talk about food, someone dying, and then I sing AJ a quick sings. song. He's going to cry in five minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, don't worry. Every episode. I'll get it out of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, my, my never-ending climb or story, I guess, mm. is this, this, battle of being present in the moment and not being outside of the moment as to what's next or what needs to be done or, and I do it with every single relationship, but you know, everybody gets a piece of that terrible pie. Um, but I think that if, if I could, you know, wiggle my nose and be perfect at something that I feel would do something important for the future, you know, Jenny Hootens, it would be like, really being intentional with my kids and my, you know, husband and stuff and just being in that moment and really, but it's, it's so difficult for me. So if someone said, here's a time machine, do you want to go in the past or in the future? The thing would be, you gotta I get need, that time machine out of my face. <laughs> I'm in I need present. to sit here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always in a time I'm gonna machine. blow that time machine up. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's good. Right, Man, so. I don't know. I I really wrestle with asking the question because it's it's brutal to come up with the answer. So I, thank you guys for you know jumping down that road. You know, I, as I'm forming kind of my heartbeat in this, I think there's there's streams or themes. So I don't even know if I have a real answer, but and I, I just I love a future, uh, you know, a future grizzle that's existing in like freedom. I think that's probably, and it's just not, you know, freedom in the sense of life of, of the capacity to dream, the capacity to, to go. So there's a, there's a real present understanding of who they are, how God loves them, how that changes everything in the moment and they can live in the present, but it, it always pushes to a new free expression of, of who they are. That That's, it's a very weird, I haven't, yeah, even just saying it isn't exactly it, but that's probably the end game for me. Um, and 
yeah, what can I do in the moment? I don't know. I, I love Bruce. Your answer is remarkable in terms of the power that our, our, those moments we have, especially with the, the families that we have and, and the kids and just everything around us, like how we can influence those lives. And so that's probably the most tangible thing, um, the role that that plays in the future. But uh, part of the reason for asking the question, I'll at least tell you the question behind the question. Uh, there was a podcast I was listening to uh, where they, the, the, a big part of the podcast was just the impact of legacy and not just getting to that one place in life where you can do it, but the sooner you get to recognizing the legacy play that you want to have, um, the, the better that, and the more impact and the more wow. ability you'll have to, to play that legacy out. Yeah. And this person was even articulating how mo more often than not, it's, it's a long-term and you sort of get to that point in your life where you just sort of transition to legacy. But if you can get to maybe in your 30s and 40s or even earlier, where you can identify that and say, this is the legacy that I'm, um, the life that you can live at that point. So that's, that's a little bit where, where I've been inspired, um, this whole just concept of just having much more of a, um, uh, an infinite game mentality. And that's sort of where it's born out of. But It's I like just, you should have started investing in this when you were 22. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. I would be a millionaire. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, man, if the secret cabin today could have a baby, there it would be go. amazing. <laughs> And then I started thinking, like, man, it would the be baby of that baby. Yeah, and it would just be incredible. And I thought that's technically the thing that's happening. Yeah. A, yeah. A, 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 any conversation comes from some pregnancy, this potency of a question or something that's been dwelling inside and coming out, and then is spoken forth. And hopefully, there's something here that's inspiring that can actually become human. And it's it's that becoming human that actually has any value at all, man. Well, we uh, this has gone way too quick, Bruce, but it's fabulous having you here. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We yeah. haven't unpacked even half of of things, but if you caught in that podcast, there's one of my favorite parts of Bruce are all the Bruce isms, yes. and you dropped a handful of them just in this podcast. So make sure and grab that. But the uh, the highest and best contribution. And what would it look like? Those are two things that have guided my life for years now. So thank you. Um, we love you, Bruce. We love you. Yeah. Love you guys too. Like I said, it's been, it's Grampy. been fun. This Grampy. is the longest. Forever Grampy. This is ultimate vulnerability. But no, I, I mean, love you guys and just the opportunity to come into the cabin, feel at home and uh, have this conversation. has just been a gift to me. So thank you. So good, man. All right. Friends. Thank you. Till next time. Take care.